Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready for some hot, steamy conversation? <laughs> I don't know about how steamy it is, but hot, yeah. <laughs> My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This is Stephen, and I just want to share. Uh, yeah, I want to expound on that just quickly, because the real man... Good morning, and welcome to Coffee Talk. I'm Soy, host of the fastest-growing online talk show where we discuss real topics with real people in real situations. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show. And this is your host, ready to get things started. I'm telling you, I I will invite you all to grab your favorite morning beverage, get it in hand, and get ready for real talk, real topics right now this Saturday morning. This is where it goes down. This month, folks, is the month that we recognize some amazing and personal missions. One is to ensure that people are safe, and that they do not encounter fear. And if you notice, you'll see purple ribbons floating around Facebook, Twitter, social media, the Internet, even on TV, as people recognize and acknowledge National Domestic Violence Month, which is the month of October. Statistics say that one in four women in their lifetime would have been a victim of severe violence by an intimate partner. Mostly happens between females ages 18 to 24 and then 25 to 34 generally experience higher rates by their intimate partner. This morning we have the option and the ability to speak to a woman who's going to tell her story for the first time on media. It is my honor to introduce and to welcome to the platform Shawa Hammond. Good morning, Shawa. How are you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful, and thank you, Soy, for having me on your show. I'm truly appreciative of it. Oh, well, thank you, thank you for for reaching out. I I I um I realized that when I spoke to you initially about you coming on the show, you you mm-hmm. captivated. Yeah, you, you really caught my attention. Uh, you were very inspiring. And, and and the shock to me, Charlotte, was that, you know, we like some of us, we feel or have this belief that people who are victims of domestic violence mm-hmm. are generally women who are not professional women, who may have had... Um, <clears throat> Um, you know, just a really tough life, a street life, and just a history mm-hmm. of abuse. But we, I'm learning, you know, that professional women are women who also encounter these kinds of, of situations in, the, in this unfortunate life. But is there a pattern that that, that you think um, when, when you, as you're out and you're meeting and you're speaking, do you find that there's a pattern among these women that are encountering these issues of um, domestic violence? Um, a pattern? Well, 
I, well, one of the things I can definitely, I, I think it can be a myriad of things um, because one, for one thing, in my life, the reason why I ended up getting into a relationship like that um, was because of there were some things that were missing within, mm-hmm. and a part of that that had to do with how I grew up in my childhood, and mm-hmm. that came from having dealing with neglect and rejection, and that happened during my relationship, you know, because of my relationship with my father. Um, I was neglected and rejected growing up, you know, as a child and growing up, you know. Um, and I had that void there, wanting love, wanting, you know, needing attention. And that's something that, you know, as a child you should have from your parents, especially daughters should have from their fathers. And um, yet, as you were mentioning before, you know, um, it's not just, you know, women that are, um, you know, come from, a negative background or they're uneducated or they live in the poorest of areas that they that they deal with domestic violence. I mean, I'm an educated woman, you know. Um, I wasn't educated at that time period in my life. I didn't have a college education then, but I definitely, you know, have, you know, have one now. But I think that it could be just, you know, um, a lot of times maybe love that's missing and, mm-hmm. You know, when you have someone that can be charming and someone that kind of rule you in, but yet, you know, you look at that more than you look at, uh, you know, the actual character of the person and they begin to just kind of rule you in that relationship and you think that, you know, this is the best person, but then they begin to really show you who they are, you know, after they feel like they have captured you. And that was what happened in my case. Yeah, I, I hear that quite often. Kind of point out a couple of things that uh, the gentleman may do to kind of pull you in. That that a woman may think, oh, he he's really into me, mm-hmm. he really loves me. What are, what are some things that you experienced uh, now in hindsight that you knew that it was it was a ploy to get you in? Um, well, one of the things uh, one of the things were um, like when we were dating. Um, I was told a lot that um, you know I'm going to take care of you. I didn't have that when I was growing up, okay? So that was something mm-hmm. that definitely captured me. Um, you know, hey, you don't have anything to worry about. I have this and I and I have that. You know, he had a career going at that time. And, you know, I was young, 18 years old at the time, mm-hmm. and was just, just graduated from high school. And so I was very gullible. <laughs> and so when you had this handsome guy come up to you and tell you, they seem like they're all into you and they're telling you that, hey, I'm going to take care of you, I'm going to be there for you. And you not, and I didn't really realize it at that time. I really didn't realize it until years down the road that that was the reason why I had made the decision to marry a person mm-hmm. like that was because I was looking for love and I had a void of love, you know, in my heart. And this charming person, you know, came, <laughs> you know, came into my life and just basically just wooed me on in. <clears throat> but, you know, I mean, I definitely, I mean, I'm the one that made the decision, of course, you know, to do that. But my decision was based on uh, my life experiences. It was things that were missing emotionally within that I didn't realize at that time. 
if there was a woman who was listening now who was beginning to date someone who may be, he may be at the time where he is beginning to try and woo her in. She's not emotionally attached at this time. She's mm-hmm. been wined and dined, and he's going to do all these great things. What could you say to her that will put her on notice to be careful? Okay, yeah. You know, um, there are definitely warning signs. There's so many different <clears throat> excuse me, warning signs um, of an abuser. Um, and some of them could be um, controlling behavior. They may not actually put their hands on you at that time, you know, um, but it could be controlling behavior, trying to control what you do, where you go, who you see. And sometimes some women may interpret it, interpret that as, oh, he cares about me. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, doesn't want anything bad or horrible to happen to me. So he has, he's out for my best interest. Um, mm-hmm. Another one could be, you know, um, you may feel afraid. Um, the victim may feel afraid of their partner. Um, it could also be where they just have a bad temper, and um, mm. the temper is very unpredictable as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also there are some that are just they're very blatant, and they will definitely just threaten um, to hurt you and even kill you. Um, another sign would be that I would say is that, and this is something that definitely happened to me a lot, was um, that your partner, the partner will begin to isolate you um, from those that support you. You know, like your mm-hmm. close friends, your family that mm-hmm. love you. Yeah, try to keep you away from them. Have you thinking something negative about your family? But when, but really, your family loves you, and they're there for you, and they'll do anything in the world for you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also, um, feeling obligated um, to agree, you know, with your partner. You know, and I just believe every individual on this earth should be able to have their own opinion and have their own mind. You don't you know, have to agree with what someone else says. And, you know, and as it relates to relationships and definitely those abusive relationships, you know, have your own opinion. You know, don't feel like, you know, you're obligated to agree with everything that they say because, you know, their temper may be unpredictable. Mm-hmm. So those are, yeah, those are definitely some signs there. Um, you really laid that out very, very clearly. What What would be a... <clears throat> what was the trigger point for you that when you knew that you were in a in a domestic violence relationship? Oh, yeah. Um, well, the thing was was that I I knew that I was in a domestic violence relationship when the first incident happened, and of course, and um, I had never ever in my life you know experienced anything like that. I was thousands and thousands of miles away from my family. Um, I had just married this person, and I was excited about being married, and I was wanting my relationship to grow as to have kids later on and just to have a good life. That was what my thinking was. But um, two weeks after uh, we had gotten married, um, there was an, uh, a disagreement, I guess, I mean, I would say, um, Whenever I didn't agree, just as I had mentioned the warning signs, whenever I didn't agree with um, things that he said, I would get mm-hmm. attacked. But the first attack um, happened when I was um, 
you know, at home, he was there. We mm-hmm. had a mm-hmm. disagreement on something because I didn't agree with what he was saying. I was babysitting a child at the time, one of our friends' child. It was mm-hmm. like a baby sitting in my arms. And he reached over to me, grabbed me by my head, and began to bang my head up against the um, um, the wood of the the arm of the chair that I was sitting in. And that was crazy. I mean, I had never, ever experienced anything. I didn't even know what to think. I didn't know how I was going to get out of that situation. I didn't know even if I could. I didn't even know if I was going to continue to live. I mean, I didn't know what was going to happen. But mm-hmm. that was that was definitely my very first experience of domestic violence. And you said that happened two weeks after the marriage, right? Yes, it was, yes, it was two yeah. weeks after we had gotten married. And, you know, um, as far as, like, hands being put on me. But before then, there was a lot of uh, criticism, which is in belittling. Um, mm-hmm. It was pretty much just working fear in me. It was kind of, it, it really seems like it was strategic. Mm-hmm. Um, like the abuser was very, you know, that he was uh, very strategic. Um, and just breaking me down so that once he got ready to put his hands on me, you know, that I wouldn't I wouldn't say anything to anyone else. Mm. And that did that was the case for me for a few years because I was afraid. And how long did you endure uh those that kind of treatment and all that before you begin to think about not before you left, but before you begin to think about leaving and getting out of the situation? Uh, well, the first time that it happened, um, I mean, I was thinking about leaving, but I just didn't know mm-hmm. how, because just like I had mentioned, I was I was a, a far away from my family, and um, and I was also at the same time I was a bit embarrassed as well, um, mm-hmm. and I was embarrassed because, you know, I was told by a few family members to you're getting married too young, you're getting married too young, mm-hmm. and, and everything. And so, and 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 I was, and after the situation, the first situation took place, I was, you know, just really embarrassed, and I was like, okay, if I call them and tell them what's going on, you know, they're going to be like, I told you so. I mean, it's just crazy how your mind, the thoughts and, and things that go through your mind, you know, when someone is physically abusing you, um, you know, you would think, that the normal thing to do is to let others know what's going on. But yeah. a lot of times we isolate ourselves. And and uh, the abuser, uh, you know, continues to, um, you know, do things, you know, to, the, to their victims mm-hmm. to continue to make them, you know, feel isolated and that no one else cares about them, you know. But it's just, it's, it's psychological abuse. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. And, and when did the kids become, did, did the kids ever see um, this kind of behavior from your husband? Did they ever observe this? Well, let me um, explain. Let me explain. This will definitely, uh, um, you know, set the stage for it. Um, I was married for a course of 10 years. The first two and a half years there were, um, that was when I experienced the domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I didn't begin to start having children until um, about, it was it was probably maybe about six months 
um, I didn't get pregnant until probably about six months after that last physical abusive um, incident had taken place. Yeah. And so the kids, they never experienced any physical abuse, but they were still belittling, criticism, you know, outbursts. You know, mm-hmm. they experienced those types of things. And, and how did you handle it in, in, in their presence? Did you just, you know, ignore your dad or, or did you just try to calm him down and overcompensate for his behavior? How did you deal with it in front of your children? Well, how I dealt with it in front of my kids, um, um, I've definitely, you know, shielded them and protected them the best way, you know, that I was able to, mm-hmm. um, you know, during that time. Um, I would either, you know, you know, keep them away, keep him, try to keep him calm because I knew how to, I knew how, I learned how to handle him, I'll put it that way, mm-hmm. even though I was still going through a hard time, but I knew how to, you know, try to maintain, keep him maintained and, um, you know, and keep him as calm as possible. Um, and so I, I just kind of learned, I just kind of learned how to, you know, keep him calm. And I just kept the kids away whenever there was, you know, things would get too so the, the, re- the reason why I said that is because I'm thinking that a lot of times they say that men who are abusers generally mm-hmm. most, sometimes have witnessed it from their parents. And so I'm, I'm I'm thinking about your kids, and I'm thinking about now how educated you are and how you um, just kind of went back and developed yourself and improved yourself, and, and, and you had a really great place in your life now. We're going to talk and share that information with the audience in a few minutes. But mm-hmm. it, was there ever a concern about your children um, seeing this kind of behavior and, and imparting this on their loved ones? If so, yeah. how how did you how how do you deal with that? What can we say to parents to help them to um, talk with their kids to get the help they need so that their children yeah. can know that this is unacceptable behavior? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. I I I did have that you know have that fear um, that you know things would some things would be you know repeated. Um, um, however, you know I always I'm very I was very communicative. I'm still very communicative, you know, with my children. And, um, you know, I, I talk to them. You know, I'll let them know, hey, you see, you know, when certain things have taken place, you know, I will communicate, you know, communicate with them and let them know, hey, you are loved. Um, you know, I am here, you know, here for you. No, this is if they see anything that's very negative, you know, between me and him, hey, this is not how it is supposed to be. You know, um, and I have, I believe I have instilled, you know, good values, you know, in my children. And I'm really glad that I did. I'm so happy that I had left when I did. You know, they were very young, very young, you know, at that time. And, um, you know, the sooner you get out of a relationship like that, especially when you have kids, you know, the better off that they will be. Are you still in communication with your husband now? Do you still speak with him or see him or Except have to deal with him? <laughs> Except him. Yes. Well, she's made that known. X. That's right. She shared that. Good for you. Well, you know, really, this, is, <laughs> this is the thing. So I, I, uh, we don't talk often. We don't talk. You know, he'll talk to the children. You know, um, every now and then or whatever. He'll communicate with them. Um, but this is the thing, and you'll and and the readers will see this in my book. Um, I have a chapter on forgiveness, 
And I think that forgiveness is so, so important. And I've had to do a lot of forgiveness. And that's one of the reasons why it's taken me so long to get this book completed, Life Reclaimed, you know, Against Domestic Violence. Um, that's the reason why it took me so long to get it, you know, to get it done, was because I had to wait till my heart was at a certain place, you know, mm-hmm. at a place where I had, I felt free to be able to share, you know, my story and share the even the horrible details of it as well. Um, but, I mean, if he called me today and we had a, I could have a normal conversation with him, but do I trust him? Well, no. And that will more than likely never be. But the thing mm-hmm. is, is that, I mean, I, I can communicate with them, you know, and it will only be about business as it relates to the children. So, <laughs> so other does than he that. Still, does he still demonstrate this pattern of behavior? Or has um, he learned and gotten help <laughs> and in a better, healthier place as well? Well, um, in my opinion, Yes, he does. And if you ask my oldest daughter, yes, he does still uh, pattern this behavior because there was a, some incidents that took place not too long ago. Okay. Um, and But I don't think my daughter wants me to talk about it or okay. anything like that. But um, um, I'll just say that there was some rough handling happening and it was just things were just overboard. And it reminded me of my experience mm-hmm. okay. before okay. actual putting your hands on me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 in your opinion. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, in my opinion, I think that there's still an issue there. I do. Okay. I really do. I think that there's still an issue there. And I hope that he does get, you know, get some help, you know. Um, however... Do you, do you- have you have you been able to understand or get any information as to why he behaves this way, you know, just by learning his family or knowing certain things about him? Have you come to some kind of understanding as to why he behaves this way? To be honest with you, I, I'm just being told I really don't know. I, mm. I really don't know. I, honestly, I don't. I don't know why, you know, he is like he is. Mm. Um I really don't. I really don't. I mean, he seems to have a decent and okay relationship. I mean, he's, it is a real good. He seems like he have a real good relationship with his, you know, with his, um, with his mom. Um, I know his dad wasn't in his life, um, you know, as he was growing up. So I'm not for sure if that may be the case, and it could be. But he has a good relationship, you know, pretty good relationship with his father now. Um, he has a very good relationship with his mother, you know, from what I've seen. Um, you know, now, but as far as like, you know, um, I mean, his mom and his, from what I've heard, you know, always there for him and spoiled him, took care of him, you know, very well, you know, as he was growing up. But I knew that his dad wasn't in his life, so I'm not for sure if maybe that festered anger and he yeah. to think that they're out on other women. So, yeah, so that could be possibly it. But of course, I can't diagnose that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, folks, Shara Hammond has written a book. The title of her book is Life Reclaimed Against Domestic Violence. Mm-hmm. You can order the book now for you, whatever, by visiting her website at charlahammond.com. <clears throat> but the book is not going to be released until October 13th, but you can pre-order it now. Charlotte, tell us about... <clears throat> 
tell us about the book. I actually love the book. She she sent me a sample copy. I, I love that it, it it's it's an easy read and it's always good for people to understand, especially when you're emotionally um, wrapped into something. You can read it. I, I like that it 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 appears like a workbook, and people can work through and chart their their progress. So let, let's talk and tell the audience a little bit about about the book and, and how you've come to write the book and and, and why. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, um, well, my book, um, new book, Life Reclaimed Against Domestic Violence, actually I've known for years, even closer to the end of the marriage, that I was going to end up writing a book about my story, but I had no idea when. It was just all a matter of time. However, after I graduated, while well, in the process of um, finishing up my um, last semester of my master's of rhetoric and writing, um, mm-hmm. I was in the process of writing a thesis. However, through different situations, ended up realizing that I was able to create a project, a master's project instead of a thesis. So I spoke with my committee chair. We were talking, hey, let's go ahead and write your book now. <laughs> so, And I had, mm. was able to have academic help. However, in, within the book at, uh, for the master's project, it had a bit more of academic um, language in it, higher academic language. So, But I knew that I was going to revamp the book once I graduated and make it available for the public, you know, for your layman reader. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I, you know, definitely have hoped to do there. Um, however, the book, it talks about, starts off talking about my relationship um, with, my, with my father. And it gives, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of description about, um, how I felt like I was a daddy's girl, and um, when that began to fade, me feeling like a daddy's girl began to just kind of like disappear, and how that affected mm-hmm. my life growing up. Yes, what you say? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And how and how it affected my life growing up, and then I began to segue into the relationship, um, you know, with my ex-husband, and how my um, um, the abuse began, and you know, and how it ended as well. And then I talk about the support that I had, the social support for my close friends and family that were there for me. And then I also have a subject, um, a topic on forgiveness as well. And something that I think that is very, very important, there's also Mm -hmm. a self-help guide at the end of the book. And Mm -hmm. the self-help guide is um, is a guide that will, it gives different definitions as it relates to domestic violence. It also talks about tips to escape. Um, it has a list of different organizations, 800 numbers, you know, for mm. victims um, to call as well for help. And so I wanted to be, I wanted to uh, be able to tell my story plus be able to, you know, have some uh, resources for those that are dealing with or know someone that's dealing with domestic yeah. violence. Yeah, I I, mm-hmm. I found myself I found myself looking at the do's and don'ts, Charlotte, because I felt that. Perhaps I may, you know, know someone or come in contact with someone and may need to speak to them. And I thought that was very important to be able to um, identify things that we should not do if we know someone that that are going through that. And I know we only have about two more minutes of the show, but I really want you to kind of spoon through those do's and don'ts because someone may be listening that may not be a victim, but they may know someone, and maybe this information can help them to help that person. So if, if we can, in 30 seconds, kind of just throw out a couple of don'ts or most commonly don't that, that we should not do if we know someone who who is being a victim of domestic violence. Okay. Um, 
people some do's and don'ts of uh, the next, uh, domestic violence. Um, one of the do's would be ask if something is wrong, um, okay. express concern, listen and validate, offer help, um, you know, support their decision, support their decision, be there for them. Um, and then also the don'ts would be wait for him or her to come to you. Don't judge them. Don't blame them. Uh, don't pressure them. Give them advice. And um, and don't place conditions on your support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. But you know what? <clears throat> it has been wonderful having you on the show, Charlotte. And Thanks. before we exit, could you about where they can get your book and um, share okay. your uh, website again? Definitely, definitely. Um, you guys, you can I truly appreciate your support ahead of time. You can go to my website, charlahammond.com. That's C-H-A-R-L-A-H-A-M-M-O-N-D, charlahammond.com. And you can go to the products tab, and you can uh, pre-order my book. Um, also, please subscribe once you go to my website, and you will also receive a free sample. And don't forget that the book release will be on October the 13th. It'll be sold yes. on Amazon as well as my website. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank Thanks for being on the show, Charlotte. We, we enjoyed thank having you in the cafe. Yeah. Yes, so listen, folks, so I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, getting out is the title, The Untold Story of Charlotte Hammond, right here on Coffee Talk with Toy. This is the website, the show website, coffeetalkwithtoy.com. Also, don't forget to find me on your social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, put them out there. Stay connected. Post your comments about the show. And last but not least, don't forget to download the app. Stay connected. Have a great weekend. Thank you. We'll see you right here next week on Coffee Talk with Toy, your new morning show. Bye-bye. <laughs>